Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Millionth Podcast. My name is James. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Henry, and special guest for the Bond series, Tom. And today we are talking about Michael Bay's The Rock. And um, just to remind everyone, this is a film that I'd only seen once before. Like, I can't even remember when. And this is the first time Tom and Henry watched it. Yeah, so, you, you neglected to mention this was made by Michael Bay to me before I watched yeah, it. Yeah, well, you know, whatever. So, In, in fact, it could have, I like... Just, I mean, I just want to throw it out there to you two now. What did you think of The Rock? First impressions. Like, if this, if Sean Connery wasn't in this film, I would have it, like, in the league of, like, Batman Forever. Like, because of, yeah. like, everything else about it. Everything and... else wasn't that bad. Like, I liked it a lot because it felt like, like, a, almost like a proper send-off for Sean Connery. That's true. Being Bond. But um, but and like, I lo- I love the comedy and like the action scenes, especially like the car chase through like. You're joking! That, that was funny, man. That was good. I hate it. And like then... the, the cameraman cannot call. Oh, it's still. so cringe. It's so like it's so over the bad. top. Man. You know when Nicholas Cage is funny, at, the, at the bottom and he's like standing. <laughs> he gets up out of his car and he's like the camera is going around him. So funny, man. He's like because uh, obviously Nicholas Cage is like kind of notorious for being like one of the worst actors of all time. And, um, <laughs> but this was in a period of his career before everyone sort of cottoned onto that. So he was still getting serious roles, kind of. Hmm. Um, and by the way, if, if anyone, if, I mean, I'm not going to go into it today, but Nicolas Cage's like life makes for fascinating reading. But anyway, imagine. yeah. Um, <laughs> basically we only watched this film on the strength of my kind of vague recollection that someone told me that you can look at this film through the eyes of a, uh, it being an unofficial Bond film. And this guy is also a subscriber to the um, codename theory. And oh, obviously... Well, yeah, he, he can't be very smart then, can he? Uh, well, actually, that's that was actually uh, my mate Harry. He's the guy I did the um, Bond marathon with. So... He oh, he. Exactly. That was his, and he's very much a subscriber to the to the codename theory, and that and it's only with that theory that The Rock can be considered an unofficial Bond film. No, the codename theory is literally just like a way of saying I'm retarded, basically. It's it's a no. I, I don't agree with that. I think it's. I, yeah, I don't respect people who try and do that. The it's people trying to rationalise Bond a bit, which is fine. Um, I don't personally believe in the codename theory, but I'm not against people nah, who trying try to rationalise Bond is like. I don't know. It's like it's a lost cause. <laughs> yeah. Talk about Marvel as if it's realistic, you know. Yeah, but uh, anyway, I think Henry, you've pretty much nailed it because I mean, Sean Connery literally makes this film, right? He 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 really does, man. Like it, it's funny because I I started watching this, and I had to stop <laughs> like at one point. I I just turned it off. And I was like, I'm coming back to this tomorrow. But you know what's and, funny? You told me that yesterday, and you like. The moment that you stop watching is like bit. literally the very next scene they introduce Sean Connery. Yeah, yeah, and then I was like, like, like that's the, the the exact frame he appears on the screen is when this yeah. goes from like a two to like a seven, maybe. Yeah, yeah. No, this it is was... very much for me. I think Tom Tom definitely saw this film the same way I did. Um, it's just a it's a solid seven out of ten entertainment. Co- it's like somewhat comedy as well. There's a lot of like it's it doesn't take itself too seriously. And yeah, yeah, it's just it's just pure entertainment. You have a fun time watching it, right? Yeah. 
and like I think they did I really like the some of the things they went with like um they didn't I mean it was impossible they didn't try to make Sean Connery look young or anything like they do with the Roger Moore but like um oh, yeah. mm-hmm. they um I also like how they paired like the flipping the lab rat as they called him with like the really hardened SAS like professional yeah. I like how he references like I was trained by the best British intelligence. It's exactly, really great. Yeah, it's the, the, the toughest man on the planet with like this guy who like never ventures yeah. out outside, basically. And there's so much like I love when there's action, when there's like little comedy as well, like little parts that you see, like the tram driver, the guy who's stuck in the lift with Sean Connery, the guy who's yeah. like no, the guy, man, the guy, no. the guy whose bike gets stolen. The one it's yeah. is. It's the like it's so like, was funny, but like the hairdresser and like the tram driver was just like this is too much, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny, like how can you say that after seeing all those Roger Moore films? Was like yeah, but double... the, this is the thing. This is the thing that I learned to appreciate about Bond films because I thought all right, Bond films sometimes over the top, and I was like, after watching this, it just shows how much restraint Bond films have. Like really, in 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 a lot of ways, um, this is just like. I don't know if you had if you actually had if if they didn't credit Michael Bay in this film, I would have probably been able to deduct it from the amount of stuff oh, that yeah. should not explode that does like constantly. It's yeah. like unreal, man. No, I mean there's there's obviously so many things that don't really make sense if you just kind of pay one percent, no more than one percent attention. But you know, I mean. I mean, some of it's really like ridiculous. I, like I would, I would actually. But feel it doesn't funny. matter because it's Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery, who, yeah. by the way, he's in great shape. You know, like what well, I think he was. I'm not sure how old he was in this. I should actually know that. I'm going to look that up while you talk. No, um, don't look that up because that's one of my questions. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, honestly, though, like for me, look, I, I understand the way that this film is, right? But I don't have to. I don't have to like you know sing its praises because of it because like i feel that there's there's good stuff in it but i feel if i watch this too many times i might actually like become like you know like a vegetable man oh no this is this is a film you just like i said i I think i I really can't remember when i watched this it must have been anywhere between the age of 15 and 18 i would say and I really remembered nothing about it so (laughs) i mean i remembered i remembered just a little i all i remembered was like it was good like not great but it was just like i i felt good after watching it and um and so that's when you were telling me henry like you, you were watching it and then you didn't um you didn't like the beginning i was like well yeah i don't remember the beginning Man, at all, I, so. I like this this it. and i think it's fair to say this film just gets better as it goes along right yeah yeah yeah, so the like the beginning, the beginning is like was basically a massive ad for the American military, and I'm just like, I could not give <sighs> less of a fuck, man. It was very cringe, and it was very, it so was I, very, it was very weak beginning. But I love how like slimy they portrayed the flipping FBI director or whatever. Yeah, was, like, yeah but tearing up the, the day, like the thing. The oh, thing that was the, great. That was great. And then when when fucking when Sean Connery like gets the because uh, it's so like predictable, but he picks up the yeah. coin right. And then, you know, it smashes through the, the window, the two-way mirror, and he goes, the one-way mirror, sorry. And he goes, ah, uh, oh, oh, I, I should have known it was you, you piece of shit, you know? <laughs> it's so good. I've, I've yeah. never seen a film where Sean Connery's been allowed to swear, and he's so good yeah. at it. 
He's so yeah, good at swearing. This is, uh, yeah, him with his long hair reminds me of like you know what he could have looked like if they allowed him, if uh, he ended up doing Gandalf, you know. Um, oh, was that a thing? At one that, point? Was, that was a thing. Just, wow. I, I, at least to my knowledge, I mean, he, he probably would have like hated. Yeah, him yeah, that makes sense. I loved his. Uh, I loved the trim they gave him as well because with yeah. Sean Connery, um, obviously, you know, it's, it's quite infamous about his hairpiece and everything, right? And in Never Say Never Again, his hairpiece was like a little bit off wasn't it um just whereas in this they gave him like a really like believable trim you know it was like it was really cool he looks you know it was so believable. like such actually, a badass man it's you, great you know, it was actually so believable that i had forgotten that he had gone bald like like, what, <laughs> like had like, gone like hair loss and that and i was like i've only just remembered that now although i do want to um the really funny bit i mean you can it's the film is so obvious. It doesn't pretend it's anything it's not, right? Which which I always... I, I, I kind of... I, I tend to appreciate that with films. Oh, man. Um, and there's, like, a, the actual scene where he receives the haircut, and it's, like, the most obvious fake backdrop I've ever seen. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, like, the clouds <laughs> are literally not moving. It's like it's like a Bob Ross painting in the background, man. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so, like, obvious, man. Like... But it doesn't really matter as well. So you, you, you're focused on Sean Connery getting his hair cut, man. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Um, well, let's, I mean, Tom, you touched on the uh, the, c- the car chase, which no. Henry, you didn't like it? <laughs> the editing, man, was like, it was like, it was like someone was trying to make you ill, man. It was like, like, like I, I, I get if you want to use a couple shots where like the, the camera's shaking and you can fucking barely make out who's actually driving. But, like, yeah. they did that every single shot. And it'll be like, Sean Connery literally goes on the phone, and it's still shaking. He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think, it, I don't it, think it, that it's was... Like, it's overused to death. Henry, Henry, Henry. Um, which car chase is better, this one or the one at the end of Saw? <laughs> that's really yeah that is reminiscent of this but the difference is that michael may clearly had a budget for this film and saw that to make do the saw yeah, to, like better, shake the car man i'll just put it out there yeah fair enough what i liked about the car chase this car chase was um it's just something which like completely threw me off because there's a bit where um there's a telegraph pole right which falls down and it's so dramatic and it's just like well big deal it's just like a wooden stick right it's like falls down and then it just causes this insane like fucking chaos like all these cars like explode and like flip over it and shit it's like so ridiculous (laughs) but it's so funny and what about the effect when the tram like blows up and like flies for a bit like fucking literally straight up Obviously, like Darth Vader's like, around the corner. But, um, yeah, think, yeah, literally. <laughs> I think it. <laughs> I think it was like um, I don't know that bit stuck out a bit, but I think Quantum just a little bit. As people have seen Quantum of Solace, I don't think it's nearly as bad as that. Nothing can be as in terms of that cutting, which is just like too zoomed up and like disoriented. Yeah, but they had an excuse because Jason Bourne came out beforehand. You know. Yeah, but they still did it like, terribly, and I didn't. I didn't really suffer from the editing at hmm. all. I don't really remember that. We'll we'll have to talk about that when we do Quantum of Solace. But um, but yeah, I, I don't know. First I mean... time watching Quantum of Solace was mind boggling. Like, really? Think, yeah, that's gonna be interesting. Too... Well, we'll talk about it when we get there. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, 
the thing is, I feel is you're saying that. Oh yeah, this film doesn't take itself seriously. I think it's I think it's us not taking it seriously. I genuinely think if in American theaters they really thought this was like you know the shit. Yeah. It's like when Willard White says, you know, oh, tell him he's fired. You know, it's the difference between how we see it versus how they see it. Mm, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's a very American film, obviously. But what is quite funny about it is, yeah, okay, that's true. Like, obviously, there is like the typical American lack of self awareness. Yeah, but, especially with the actual like villain, really. But, think about it. Okay, we'll we'll talk about the villain in a moment. But um, they still had a few moments where you're like, they had that kind of like British pride in it, and I don't. Uh, maybe that was just a solo effort from Sean Connery. Like that, was a, that was a really confusing bit as well, though. Like the bit where he fights like the Irish guys. Like, yeah, yeah. He's like you English prick, and he's like he's well? like the most like yeah. not English person you've ever seen. Exactly. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Yeah, because first of all, Sean Connery's obviously Scottish. I thought he was gonna say like some like some punchline at the end. He's like, I'm Scottish. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, bet he too. wanted to, man. But it would have been something really like, you know, um, out of pocket. You know, like <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, he what, should, he what would he have said? He would have made like some like, everything on him. But yeah, because he says, "Oh, you English prick." Did I mention my my dad's Irish? You know, and, and then he does. And I, I was waiting, but it's kind of one of those things. I think that might have been something expectation subversion. It's sort yeah. It's kind of like okay, you just put your own line in there, and you can secretly like chuckle to yourself, sort of thing. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it, I guess it might be a bit like, oh, we know what C stands for, then you know. Yeah, it's a little bit like that. Yeah, exactly. Good, good uh, analogy. Um, let's talk about the villain a little bit. Played yeah, by Ed like, Harris. Um, I just, I do want to say plot, the, right? For those sorry? That seen. Like the jet, like like the the the, cr- uh, the crutch of the plot. That makes mm-hmm. sense. The crux of the plot. Oh well, yeah. Well, I mean, I do want to point out the um, the cast for this film is amazing. Uh, yeah, did you uh, did you notice anyone from Breaking Bad, James? <laughs> Oh. There was there was a random marine uh, played by Raymond Cruz who wasn't credited, and he's the guy who plays Tuco. No way. Yeah. Oh, that's insane. That's insane. I didn't I didn't spot that one. There were a whole bunch. I mean, obviously you got Sean Connery in the cage, but Ed Harris. He's also I recognised yeah. him from the Truman Show. Um, he's an Oscar winner. You've got uh, the guy. A uh, guy called David Morse. He he plays uh, Major Tom Baxter. He's he's like the big sort of blonde guy, and uh, he's in the Green Mile. He's in like loads of random stuff as well. You've got. Uh, did you recognise uh, Michael Michael Bain? He was in this film. He was also in. Uh, let me get this right. He was in Terminator. He played Kyle Reese, and. <laughs> He was also the. Uh, he was in Aliens. He was in Aliens. He was one of the crew mem- one of the like Marine guys in Aliens as well. Great. I love seeing him pop up in like these sort of military roles, man. He's so good. Hmm. Unfortunately, he dies quite quick in the film, but still. Yeah. It's the fact that the the villain essentially is like yeah former like in, insanely good former commander in the uh, U.S. military, and he takes over Alcatraz with a bunch of mm-hmm. like uh, tourists as hostages. Mm-hmm. And has like this, you know, um, plot device chemical that will like kill everyone in San Francisco, which yeah. we've established with Max Zorn wasn't even that bad of an idea to start with. <laughs> and like, unloaded on missiles, and he's like, oh yeah, if you, his his demand is, okay, if you can compensate the families of people who you've literally not like, you know, who, yeah. who, who you killed in battle, like, uh, by sending them to war, um, and set us a little bit extra. Like, 
uh, then we won't like destroy San Francisco. Like that's not even like much of a bad demand. It's not it's saying not, like, no, it's not. Yeah, like, but, he, that's, but that's what me. that's what makes him really interesting villain. I think he his whole like motivation, and everything. I know it's not like the most serious film, but I I actually really quite enjoyed his watching his inner conflict. Um, and it's not something you ever see in a book because that is quite realistic. This guy basically gets cold feet when it comes to pushing the red button. Yeah. Uh, and and then you know you get a, a mutiny happening later on, and it's like wow, this, this it's something you just never really see in films. And they could kind of get away with it in The Rock because it's not so, you know, it's not so heavy of a film, right? So like they they actually, I'm very impressed that because I was I forgot that happened. So I was expecting there'd be some kind of boss battle with like Sean Connery versus the, me you know, the too, general. Me too. I thought there. But be then like it didn't turn out that way, battle. and it, the way it did turn out was like, oh, that's pretty cool, actually. You know, and and the fact that the general is like kind of, he's he's high, he's got all these mercenaries with him, and then they're actually more psychotic than him. Effectively, he he kind of, they over they they they're more um, committed than he is. Effectively, right? He never. It's funny because he's so reluctant to actually kill anyone. Even with Sean Connery, when he actually captures Mason and uh, Goodspeed at the end, he doesn't um, execute them, which is what you'd expect he would do. He, and he just puts them in a in a holding cell. So this oh. guy is kind of a, not a pussy, but he he does um, he does get cold feet. He does actually really believe in his cause, basically, right? Yeah. Oh, I did actually. I did really like the bit where they uh, put them back in the Alcatraz cells because, like, you immediately knew what Sean was gonna do, and like, Nick Cage is like, you know, on, on the floor below him, like, you know, thinking, "Oh, I'm gonna die here and all this shit." Um, it was like Sean just gets out in like twenty seconds, and he like pops down. And he's like, "How did you do that?" And he's like, "Trade secrets." Yeah, or uh, something yeah. along those lines. He says trade secrets. So. He does, yeah, trade secret, yeah. Um... It's great. I, I like. I, it's a. It's a funny route they went down, making Sean Connery into this. His character into this, like, you know, escapist, basically. Um, which is interesting. I, unfortunately, you never really, really see that demonstrated. Um, but if you do, if you are into that sort of thing, I'd recommend you watch um, Escape Plan with Sylvester Stallone. He plays a character like that. Very. It's quite a good film. And uh, anyway. Um, yeah, with with Ed Harris's character, the the general, I think it's just really interesting to see him like, you know, like the disappointment when he's just honest about. It. He's just like, well, they we we were bluffing, and they called our bluff, so it's over. Yeah, and then they're going, like, and then the other guys are like, who was bluffing? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, let's fucking do it. And I'm thing, like, that's yeah. the thing that I hated though, because it's like, I mean, that 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 bit itself is good. It's just the fact that, like. The we're supposed to be rooting for basically the U.S. government here because it's their plan yeah. to <laughs> not pay no, the families. So. Like that doesn't make sense. Like just I think you're rooting off. for. For me, I mean, you're not really rooting for anyone in a way. I mean, basically, just Sean Connery. I, I love his arc as well, actually, because he goes from just this like. I mean, I think his character's really interesting. I mean, just the fact that he goes his arc it goes from just being like yeah well you know i don't i just don't care i i want to you know get yeah, on with well, my life cuz i've been in, incarcerated illegally for 30 years and then he kind of oh. goes and he just come, he changes his mind at the end and then he just he's like well i can't swim it anyway fuck it you know <laughs> it's hmm. you know, it's, it's quite funny that that's what like yeah. he's like actually yeah, yeah i'll, I'll, I'll just that, finish like, if, this genuinely if it wasn't for him i would fucking like 
I wouldn't even know what to say about about well, it. Well, we uh, we would never have watched it in the first place, right? There are probably yeah. loads of films like this that just aren't worth watching, but because it's Sean Connery kind of being like an old Bond, um, it, it, you can, it's, it makes it enjoy, an enjoyable film. Yeah. I'm glad that someone actually came up with this idea. Some Whoever wrote the screenplay must have been like, yeah, let me just, no one's going to really fund this film, but let me just write it anyway. And then it just got picked up by... Hmm. Um, yeah, studio like, and Michael yeah, Bay. Yeah, you just had actually like quite an interesting film on your hands. You could say like this is also a bit Blondian in the fact that um, they have Sean Connery just making idiots of the Americans all the time. Exactly, it's so it's so good and funny at the same time. I love when he like has the guy suspended from the hotel like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. balcony. He he hates everyone, and of course he would as well. Like I, I think they get you really on side with him, where with his character, where you're just like, yeah, man, these guys really screwed him hard, man. But the it's and but then the actual reason for that is understandable because they go on to like, you yeah. know, um, disclose why they actually tried to make you know why he's there in the first place. Yeah, he and, has like um, every every dirt on all conspiracy. Yeah, and I love the setup. And it's all like basically a big setup for the final line in the film. The, the final just, line in the film was was actually funny. Like it was brilliant. It was. I was it like, was I was so really funny. wondering what he was, what he put there, and it was, like, it was like the entire database of like the U.S. national secret. Man, it's like, <laughs> hey, honey, you want to know who killed JFK? Yeah, I mean, you. I mean, mm. what a way to end a film. Just talking right? about like <laughs> alien landings and stuff. Yeah, um, I I don't know. I mean. The uh, just to finish on the general, I want to say one more thing about him. The fact that like I, there was quite an interesting scene as well because it's kind of the first time you see actually you know what he's actually about is when um, all the marines, well, all nearly all of them go up into into their room and then they've got the higher ground and stuff. Mm. And he like I think it's at this it's it's at this point he knew he'd fucked up because like they yeah, all just so like it, there's a misunderstanding, so I'll knock something over and they'll start shooting each other. Yeah, but it's oh, just this really, the thing he, he's out. just like he he was he didn't want that to happen because the, he was effectively playing chicken with um, Michael Bain's character, right? So they were like, you know, no, you're you're all soldiers. Like, what are you doing? Um, and 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 they're all like the tension is actually really good. And then yeah. obviously they all start like a bloodbath ensues. And then he's there and he's saying, cease fire, cease fire. No one's listening to him. They don't, they're just like bloodthirsty. And it's like, whoa, this is yeah. quite interesting to watch. The, actually. Thing, the thing is, though, and I think this is a massive like weakness of the film, is the fact yeah. that I love that scene. But they, they, they really would have, would have been a lot better if they just had no music over the gunfire. But they just felt like they had yeah. to put something like, oh, this is, this is how you should be feeling, basically, like in case, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's got true. like an actual zombie in the seat, like with, no, with <laughs> trying to you know figure out what to do. That's true, but I still think it was it, it did its job, and and it just it really upped the stakes of the film. It changed the dynamic because until that point, I don't think any blood had been spilt. Yeah. So, and and I think in the general's head, his idea was like, yeah, we can do all this without killing anyone. But yeah, so I think they might actually just want to you know compensate families for their loss of their loved ones, but uh, apparently not. Yeah. So what, like, what do you think about the uh, the virus well, itself? Like, by the way, do you have any thoughts on that? Like the eating away at the skin and stuff. That was pretty gruesome. So that was something yeah. straight out of Saw, really. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it was just like the, the the excuse then to put the giant needle in your heart. You know, like yeah, yeah. 
don't know how that works. Though, no, I'm sure that's. I, I, I bet sure there must be no, videos. No There's way some, that works. There must be a doctor's response video somewhere on like YouTube. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, like, yeah, that would never happen. <laughs> right. By the way, this would kill you. Wow. I don't know why. I don't. It's just again the sore like fan in me. But you know, at the end when in, in Nick Cage he 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 runs out with the green flares, right? Yeah. I wanted to. I went, and he goes on his knees like in platoon, you know, like William Defoe. And it's, yeah. it is quite a cool scene. Um, but I wanted to see, like, the needle sticking out of his chest as well <laughs> while he's doing that. I was like, yeah, just give me something, man. But uh, they, didn't, they didn't go that far, to be fair. And what I did like is how, you know, because obviously it's like a typical sort of film trope, action film trope, where, like, oh, it's coming down to the last second and, and the last yeah, second. But, yeah, but the guy like, actually does drop a bomb. Yeah, yeah, which normally, I found yeah normally cool. it would be he saves a day, but then Michael Bay's directing it, so you need at least one explosion. True, true. But I think that was good because that would realistically that was that wasn't unbelievable. That was like, oh yeah, yeah that, that could easily happen. And except and it doesn't kill it just anyone. Doesn't, yeah, and it just doesn't kill anyone. It's, I mean it, it nearly does, but uh he, he I thought that was cool. all the hostages on the side, like they all get crushed by rubble and then huh. just like covered it up. Well, luckily yeah, well luckily it exploded on like an uninhabited part of the island, but yeah, you know. I just think the premise is really good. It's just Alcatraz, you know, like, why not? You can't... Alcatraz is such a cool, like, concept in the first place, right? I mean, there's a great film as well called Escape from Alcatraz with Clint Eastwood, also very much worth watching if you're into that kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I mean, a couple other things uh, was... I wanted to comment upon <laughs> the balaclava they gave Sean Connery. Did you yeah. notice how bad that was? Yeah, it was. <laughs> it looks like he made it himself. It's just yeah, like, oh, it literally it does. <laughs> There's he no eyes in this. I'll just cut them out. Okay. It's like um, it's like they're about to shoot the scene. They realize they forgot a prop behind the studio, and they're like, yeah, right, literally, just, just take this and like, yeah, yeah. They found like a hipster it. outside and just stole it's it. It's almost actually it kind of reminds me since you mentioned Breaking Bad earlier. You know when they have their bad clubs? Yeah, 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 yeah. Really. It's almost like that. It's just silly, you know. It's like unprepared, you know. You, you'd have thought they would have some like cool military balaclava but never mind yeah. and uh i don't know i mean I, I i'm gonna make this the thumbnail for the video you'd have to do the thumbnail this week henry i do want to shout out henry for doing all the bond thumbnails um because i was doing all of it's quite obvious i was doing all of them until bond and then henry's taken up the mantle and he's doing a great job so shout out henry for that Thanks. Uh, but i'm gonna great job yeah I'm going to be doing the thumbnail for this, and it's going to be just a screen grab of when Sean Connery goes, bomb! <laughs> it's so funny, man. Yeah. I wanted to shout out that moment. Yeah. Um, I mean... Go on. I don't know. Is there anything else particular in this film that you want yes. to Yes. I want yeah? to save the best till last, but do you two have any more comments? No comment. I I think the fact they showed the villains be kind of vulnerable in a way was really unexpected for me. And mm. like, and well, I'm not really and, the villain, but anyway, yeah, te- yeah, the, oh, he's the antagonist, villain. yeah, the antagonist. Really? So, like, wow, the US government's the antagonist in this film. Well, the US government is always the antagonist in any film and actually, in real life. So, you know, actually, in a literary, it actually doesn't matter if the person's uh, good or not. If they're against the main character, they're, they're the antagonist. So. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I think that was a really interesting twist, actually, because, yeah, I mean, I thought it'd just be a cliche. 
you know, like most Bond villains, it just goes down to final showdown, and you know. But I think the fact that he he actually launches the missile, and he's so hesitant and reluctant to do it, but he actually basically succumbs to peer pressure from his like psychotic underlings. Yeah, and um, and then he just like sneakily re he just he just like literally gets cold feet, just reprograms it to like explode in the water. He 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 bottles it. He literally yeah, just he like it. killed like several million fish now. So yeah, he's like they've done like worse than the BP oil spill. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, uh yeah, I agree. So I think that was like really quite refreshing things actually. Like, see, it's happen. very it's very believable as well. Like you you know that like the vast majority of people would be like, and rightly so. Like you would be like, oh yeah, kill him or something like that. They'd just be like, oh, yeah, yeah. I really don't know about this. And then it's like. So, I can't believe I can't get over the fact Tuco is in this film. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, well, my favorite bit, I think the best bit of this film is because um, it is so Blade Runner, man. Is when, and I actually also want to nominate this for the Sigma moment. Is when um, they, I think they've just disarmed the first missile, and Nick Cage has the the chips, uh, and uh, you know the the general goes, oh well, listen, you know. You need to return that chip, or uh, or I'll execute this prisoner. Sean Connery takes yeah, that yeah. out, smashes it on the ground, and then walks off into the into the steam and like the fog, which yeah, is like, like and, and, and it's all bl- blue lit, like just typical like Blade Runner style. And then he walks, through, he does this hero walk through the prison, and you know you've got all the prisoners reaching out through the bars, and it's <laughs> it's so like on the nose, but it's so good. And and Sean Connery deserves that. That's like. Like you said, Sam, it is his send-off as Bond, and it, it, it's just so, like, earned in this film. It doesn't feel, like, cheap. It's just really perfect. I think I think the the actual moment is when he's, like, when, like, Nick Nick Cage is just like, oh, uh, what about that guy with, you know, with his family of three? And then Sean just gives him the thumbs up and then walks <laughs> out. <laughs> That's all you need to know, mate. Just um, literally, all you need to just write down is a thumbs up emoji for this on the uh, rankings. Yeah, literally. That is like, yeah, the boom of thumbs up. <laughs> it literally is. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. There are some really fun moments. I mean, Nick Cage, you know, for, for, for whatever he lacks, he is amusing uh, at times when, you know, he's yeah, he, he gets shat on. It's like, oh, you don't need to know. So it's, it's on the need to know. You don't need to. And then he tries saying that to Sean Connery. Yeah. And then Sean Connery barks, barks at him. Yeah, it's yeah. so funny, man. It's so good. Yeah, I, I love the bit as well where he's like trying to, he's got a pistol, so he's trying to tell Sean what to do. And then he's like, you know, just safety's off and then takes the gun from him. Yeah, he just, and I love that, like, that dynamic. It's such a weird link up. Like, I don't know where who came up with that idea to have these guys, but their chemistry is actually really fun. Like, you know, Sean Connery's teasing him all the time. And then Nick Cage, he does that. He's a good guy. He does the right thing, you know, when his daughter's yeah. there and he's like, oh, this guy's working with us, so don't worry. And also, yeah, that was nice, to be fair. and at the end, when he goes, oh, he, he died, he was vaporized, you know, like, I, I, it's like, yeah, good for you, Nick, Nick Cage, good for you, man. Yeah, it's like, oh, what was his name in the film? Goodspeed. What was his yeah, first name? What was his first name? I'm trying to remember. I don't know. Let me check. Uh, Wait, did we even, did we even Stan... get to what, what Sean's uh, name is in this? Oh, yeah, John Mason. John Mason, man. <clears throat> well, what's the significance of that? Um, that's just such a great name. Oh yeah, he's cool. 
Well, they couldn't outright call him James Bond, but, you know. Yeah, I know. It's just, like, don't give him a character's name, just say Sean Connery. That's what I thought. I thought it'd be cool if he was, like, an unnamed character, you know? If he was, like, if he just didn't have a name in the film, if he was yeah, just, like, they're, they're they like, just referred to him as, no like... Identity. They don't even have a name on him, just, like... Exactly. Yeah, give him, like, give him, like, a non, like, not, like, a non-name name, like, I don't know. Yeah, they call, they just call him by, like, ah, oh, the prisoner or something like, I don't know, like... Something like that would be really cool, but yeah, John Mason's still a good yeah. It's you, Sean. You're the rock. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I mean, there was a little bit of like Indiana Jones, like fun sort of mine, yeah. Yeah. mine carts for no reason. Like, why yeah. would that be in like the, the gutters? Yeah, exactly. Of, uh, what, what, it didn't know, like making the prisoners, you know, mine for uranium down there, but all right. Yeah, but it's it's fun, you know. Nick Cage is in one of them, like you know, basically bulletproof in there, <laughs> and uh, and Sean Connery's like dangling below, like I, and I absolutely fire. There is no explanation whatsoever from how he gets from that position. Uh, it's so cool when he sets the guy on fire. There's there's a lot of like really like gory moments as well, man. Like when he drops the, uh, you know, the guys um, on the yeah, ground, the on top of him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Just crushes him, man. And then, yeah, like, the like leg is still moving. <laughs> yeah, I bet you liked that. <laughs> it was funny, like, Nick Cage's reaction to that. It's, like, yeah, that it's funny because he's trying to, like, basically do more than defuse a bomb while this guy's twitching it down there. And he's just like, you know, it's kind of throwing me off. Do you mind? It's so over the top. It's, like, like, it's, so, like, it's so funny, man. Like, like, I don't what know. Do you just kill him works. again. It really works, man. Um, but yeah, Nick Cage. I, I think this is only the. Uh, the second film I've seen him in and the other film I watched him in was The Wicker Man and it's like one of those films it, it The Wicker Man is just notorious for being one of the worst films of all time I, I watched it I was kind of like tricked into watching it because my mate was like oh yeah this is this is really funny man and it was just like just bad it, I, I couldn't even enjoy it ironically man but you know um I think that's more or less all about I have to say about The Rock. Um, so, hmm, yeah, I just terrible. again, I just do want to shout out that scene when he's like walking through the prison and like, ah, oh, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's literally, so I mean, for everyone else who isn't on YouTube, that's literally my background right now. So, yep, yep, it's selected by me. I'll, I will add, <laughs> but I don't know, it's just bathed in blue light, and it's, I mean, the cinematography when Sean Connery's on screen yeah. is, is great. Like, you know, they, they really made an effort to just kind of build the film around him, which, uh, which is the only way that this could be watchable, basically. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. I want to play a game. All right. So what was the budget according to this film? According, I mean, for this film, according to IMDb. Oh, this man, must have had a healthy budget, man. I'm going to go <laughs> 80 million. I'm gonna go big because it's Michael Bay, man. He just yeah, does. It. He just true. gets and like even obscene even. amounts of money for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go go higher on this one. A hundred billion. Okay. Final answer's eighty. Yeah, and page short, like five hundred, like fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean sure Connery was having a payday, man. He was having a great time. It reminded me. I mean, this is better than that. But it reminded me of Arnie. It reminded no, it reminded me of Arnie in um Yeah, yeah. Batman. You know, as, as Mr. Freeze. It's just like, yeah, you know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe that actually happened. <laughs> anyway, so uh who who Neither as up? it may, James is actually closer. So the budget wow. was seventy five million. So oh nice. I kind of close. 
that was a, that was tactical. I went for like a really high one, like tricking Henry into going into an even high one than me. And I knew like I was gonna get sixty. It's Michael, Bay, it's 60 Michael Bay though. It would not have surprised me. And with the amount of actors they got for this, like exactly, yeah. like they threw a lot of money at this, and and it wasn't wasted either, in my opinion. So you know, okay. And the box office. I could not guess. I have no idea, man. Um. It depends oh, how good the marketing points. campaign was, really. Uh, I'm going to go for like a 300 million. I'm going to go 220 million. Final answers. Yep. Yes. James is closer. So it was actually 335 million, 62,621 dollars worldwide gross. How many cents? So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. Wow, what a great guess, that. man! I'm, 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 there you go. Man. You're good I, with, I the, you're good with these, so. like, with these budget and box office hard. guesses. Um, it's because I'm like scarred by Blade Runner, like both films flopping. So I'm kind of like, I don't know. I do pay. I, I get like, I kind of, I'm like an Englishman abroad. You know, when you go on, you know, when English people go on holiday and they like, oh, look at the weather, how good it is. I'm gonna like screenshot it and put it on my you know, Instagram or Twitter, so, like, you know, I can make people back home feel jealous. It's kind of like, I don't know, it's that same almost, like, bitterness for me where I'm like, ah, let me just see. If, did this film flop? And I'm happy if it did, and if it didn't, I'm like, oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, how old was Sean Connery when this film was made? Or in the film, rather. I'm gonna go... I'm gonna go 63. Yeah, I was gonna guess something... In that area, I'm gonna go. Ah, when was he born? He was born in like the early 30s, right? So I'm gonna go <clears throat> 65. Final 64. Answers. 64 is my final answer. Yeah. 64 and 63. All right. Yeah. He is actually 65 in this film. So James <sighs> was dead on with his. So close. Answer. Yeah, so it's three nil currently. So, um, what's uh, it's I'm worth? Real sad if I miss on the rock. Yeah. So, listen, I'm using these little one, never say never again as well. I'm using these to like build up wait, the site. Wait, I, this has this has zero effect on me. I don't know if you noticed, but no, well, no, it has. Because I think this the is... golden night. No, this is important. You know, this is like the the it's it's the marginal gains. You know, I, I, I marginal gains on absolutely rem Remember, nothing. remember, Henry. When it was me versus Tom right at the beginning of this uh, series, and Tom like destroyed me four 0 and then I won Casino Royale, and then it completely changed. And then I also won Never Say Never Again against you. And then, you know, I, I... James, have you have you noticed you've been destroying me in the in the first few as well? Uh, I don't know if you noticed that sort of pattern emerging. Yeah, Goldeneye, mate. One Goldeneye. Exactly. I? And then what happened? In, what happened in the end? I won. Exactly. So... Yeah. Now, now it's your turn to be destroying at the start and then be destroyed. James has. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see, mate. We'll see. I, 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 I don't. I don't write off the. I, you know, this is this is worth. Anyway, I haven't won yet. So yeah, go on, Tom. What's the question? Before? I go. I just want to say. I think I personally have a little fear, a little hunch that Henry found out Michael Bay was directing this film and just decided to have an agenda against it. Yeah, he just dismissed it straight him. away, man. As soon as he heard. Yeah, that. but for real though, the big, the first like twenty-five half an hour of this just made me want to like hang myself, like. 
Oh, come on. It wasn't. It was worth it for the set. It was like, terrible. Yeah, life. but they had to set up the film, you know. They they just had to get that out of the way, you know. So It was, it, it, it was unforgivably bad. It was man. worth it, though, like, right? Barely. <laughs> they could have shot. They could have chopped that all off. Just start with Sean in the fucking prison. You could. I mean, I don't know if I'll ever rewatch this film. I think I will. You exactly. know, in like, like I think ten years, I'll I'll rewatch it, but I'll just skip the first half hour. I don't need that. You know? Exactly. Like, it'd be anyway, better. Timothy Dalton was in it. Uh, yeah, exactly. But it is good because, as well, you know, Sean Connery's in this film, and it's good to have a little bit of build up. If he was in, if he was in like the first scene, then it wouldn't be the same, right? You need to have like a bit of a reveal, you know, like you need a bit of build up. So, I don't, I yeah. don't, I don't hold it against the film for like yeah, having it's, terrible. It's, it's like it's not really build up. It's like they're digging you a grave, and then you actually get to get let out of it, you know? Yeah. Sean Connery pulls you out. He throws you a rope, man. Exactly. Um, it's not building up. It's just like he's just saves the film from like you know drowning. Anyway, stop ruining how my old, How yeah. old was Barbara Hummel when she died? Who? Barbara who Hummel, the wife of the villain, whose gravestone you see in the very very beginning, <laughs> and you see. Oh, what? Are you saying according to the gravestone? Yep. <laughs> wow, man. Lots what, of what? What, what an out there question. Um, Must be I don't have a clue, man. 45? I don't know. Yeah, 45. <laughs> 42. Actually, no, I'll go with 50. Wait, so what? Uh, give your final answers, please. 45. And 50, 50, did you say, Henry? Yeah. You're actually both very, very close. And Henry's actually close. Oh. So James was closer with, with, with Henry's like initial answer. About yeah, I, I thought about it and I was like, hang on a minute. <laughs> so she's actually 48 years old, according oh. to. Very, very it's like with close. Sean's age, man. Yeah. Okay. So, you thought that was an out there question, but try this one for size. Um, the crate marked as aid to Bosnia and that they're investigating in the beginning oh, yeah. also, also has written Sloboda ili smrt on it, which means freedom or death in Serbian. Yeah. This was the slogan of which group in World War II? Chetniks. Yeah, Henry got that. <laughs> Okay, I don't mind losing that one. Nice. <laughs> Good pronunciation, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Another history question in line with the villain uh, this time. Well, actually, um, this is a bit more fair to James because it's a number one. The Tet Offensive is referenced in this film. 1978. Uh let me finish. Which was part of the Vietnam War? Which year was referenced, though? Is it taking place? 1978. Go on. Is that is that correct, or is it worth me guessing? It's worth you guessing. Oh. You you yeah. should have a bit more confidence. I should have. I've seen an, I've seen too many Vietnam War films. I mean, more than enough Vietnam War films to like n not get this right. So, I'm going to say 1970. Oh, it's really tough for me, actually. I'm trying to think. 
final answer is nice. It's embarrassing. I, I don't know when the exactly when the Vietnam War happened, but I'm going to go with 74. It's quite a long war. That helps. Yeah, I'll stay with 78. And James is 74. James is actually close. Is it 68 then? Yeah, 68. Um, I, I, was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking, is it 78 or 68? But uh, oh, Too bad, mate. So bad. For what uh, it's worth, what's the final James has taken it so far. You'll like the, I hope you'll like this, the final one a bit better. Right, so. It says Mr. Mason escaped the rock twice during mm-hmm. two different years. However, these two years mentioned coincide with two specific Bond film releases as well. Doctor No and From Rush With Love. Love. I think you said that a bit quicker, so... Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm blaming that one on EE, man. No, you can't. No, I I definitely... I I was clear, man. We both knew knew that for sure anyway, so... I'm glad you both got it. I was was thinking, like, how I was going to narrow it down, like... (laughs) No, great questions. Great questions. Good question. So it ends, like... 5-2 5-2 to James. So. Nice. For what it's Good. worth, that is license. Well, it's worth nothing to Henry, but for me, it's... It is worth you know, nothing to me. It's, uh, it's all part of the plan. Yeah. Good. Uh, and now we're going to rank a, a couple of uh, elements within the film, at least. Yeah. So let me just get up the uh, Google Doc, which we're now doing this in. Um... Well, Sean Connery's first as the Bond actor anyway, so we don't really need to worry about that. <laughs> yeah, where do we rank John Mason and Neil Bond? John Mason, mate, he's he's already number one, so that's fine. Uh, I think it's worth ranking the villain. So, uh, number one, Max Zorin. Number two, Donald Pleasance Blofeld. Number three, Goldfinger. Number four, uh, Telly Savalas Blofeld. Number five, 006. Number six, Fran Sanchez. Number seven, Hugo Drax. Number eight, Scaramanga. Number nine, Kamal Khan and Orlov. Number 10, Kananga. Number 11, Dr. No. Number 12, Rosa Klebb. Number 13, Largo. Number 14, Stromberg. Number 15, Koskov and Whisker. Number 16, Christatos. Number 17, Blofeld in Never Say Never Again. And uh, seven, seven, uh, I've lost it now, but bottom is obviously Blofeld, Charles Gray. So that's what's important. <laughs> 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 it's just a jump to the left um, so yeah where are we going to put uh, let's just get his name General uh, they say the name like 50 times in the film I, I don't know how I'm not remembering it uh, General. General Francis something I can't see because IMDB's not fully displaying his name wait let me just get it one second General Francis Hummel there we go General Hummel where are we putting General Hummel I think he's I mean, the thing is I think it's a bit unfair to like rank him because he's like more of an empathetic villain in a way and you're not supposed to feel that for Bond villains so much yeah. so like Bond villains are just there like yeah get him sort of thing but like um, this guy's like very, pretty different I think but if we were ranking him compared to all the other Bond villains I think he goes just above Stromberg yeah well, yeah. well so that, but that's below Largo so Lago's iconic, like he's he's iconic because he got parodied in Austin Powers. That's about it. Not really, like he's got an eye patch. He's got an eye patch. That's literally it. That's the thing. Having that's like having a degree, man. No one can ever (laughs) take that away from you. So, you know. Um, Well, do you agree, Henry? We put uh, that would make General Hummel fourteenth on our list. I'll put him above Lago, honestly. Yeah, at least at least this guy is interesting. 
Nah, no, like this is he's a character. Nah, but the eye patch, man, the eye patch. Yeah, but he has yeah, a I, I'm, I am tempted relaxing. to agree with Henry, actually. I just think he's more of a compelling just character in general. I honestly, and you, the fact, you, yeah, the much... whole thing is like, is, is Lago being like an incest nonce here? Like, yeah, with, but that, like, yeah, there's that as well. But Uncle, it's obvious that he's not because it's just like it God. wasn't obvious, man. We had a whole discussion about it. Yeah, but we laid out that she says guardian and like, why would you kill his own relative? So, like, um. What was I trying to say? Yeah, you'd much rather be held at gunpoint by this guy than Largo, wouldn't you? Like, I think that explains who's the better. Yeah, but it's, it it's be not because he's a better villain. He's just a more interesting character, that's all. He's just got a bit more depth and dimension. Well, have, like, an interesting character list, then. This is the villain list. I think we're, like, straying a bit far from Yeah, that. but the villain, the, the point is, like, the villain, even more so than Bond in a lot of films, has to be basically the most interesting part, you know? Yeah, and, and really? plus we're getting to the area uh, era of Bond where like the villains they 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 kind of wake up. Okay, we can't just make them two dimensional. We have to kind of make them a little bit sympathetic. So, I mean, like for example, 006 or or uh, Silver, you know, in the films come. So, you know, Blofeld. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not like Blofeld anymore. It's just oh, okay. This guy's the villain. He's the bad guy. He has no like redeeming features. He's just evil. Um, you know. I think General Hummel. I mean, it's, we're really splitting hairs here, but I'll just—I'm just, just going to yeah. leave the 13th there above Largo and below Rosa Klebb. I mean, yeah, I think that's right. Actually, pretty fair. Um, then we'll just skip ahead to the Sigma moment. Not the theme song. <laughs> no. Um, should we go with that when he like crushes the thing under his foot? You know, like I think that is a Sigma, and, and then the, the war, the, the, the like the Don walk afterwards. Like... I think that's worth like. Unless you have a better idea, I, it's just, I think specifically just the thumbs up bit. I love that. It's just like, <laughs> oh, this guy's like gonna get a shot in the head, man. You know, he's got a family. Don't care. Yeah. Um, uh, are we in agreement, Tom? You agree with this of that we're nominating that one? I can't think of anything better. So yeah, so it's not like Nick Cage's signal. Oh, what, what about? Yeah, um, yeah. Would you really, would you like to know who really killed JFK? It's like a signal thing. Yeah, you're really like gonna give Nicolas Cage a Sigma line here. Yeah, in the foot with Sean Connery, like John Mason, man. All right, um, all right, fine. Okay, well, number one, we have Goldfinger, I own the club. Number two, Max Zorin. Number three, Batgammon. Number four, you missed Mr. Bond, did I? Uh, number five, Red Grant. Number six, Blofeld Extortion. Number seven, Doctor No. Number eight, uh, Timothy Dalton. Number nine, uh, James, I need you. So does England. Uh, number 10, Launder it. Number 11, Natalia versus the computer salesman. Number 12, Tracy <laughs> being Countess. <laughs> number 13, Scaramanga. Number 14, Eric. Number 15, Blofeld, prepare my battle submarine. Number 16, David Niven. Number 17, Names of Tombstones, baby. Number 18, King and Country. Number 9, Q, <laughs> never say never again. Um... So where are we going to put this moment? I think this goes quite high up, actually. Maybe above yeah. Blofeld extortion. Mm. I feel like it's very much the dotted line in this list. It's not yeah, really. It's not. No, I think like, I think the extortion scene is pretty good, and um, Doctor No as a character. I think it goes below Doctor No because this isn't really a line. Below Doctor No. Yeah, because this isn't really a line. Yeah, but it's in just, fairness, think about the sort of reaction to like what he's been like asked. He just doesn't give a shit. Yeah, but he just does a thumbs up. Like, 
But it's not just that. Yeah, I think it's, it's more that it's the whole scene of like, you know, where yeah, it does, you know, he crushes the chip smart. under his foot, right? Just like straight away, like, you know, bullies Nick Cage into like, you know, being a hero and also giving the finger to Hummel. Also not caring that about, well, he does care a little bit, but it's like, you know, just very dismissive of the hostage. Like, you know, he basically calls the general's bluff because he did say earlier, he's like, oh, I looked in his eyes. He's not a killer, which turned out to be true, actually, which is interesting. And uh, and then just like the walk off, you know, like walking into the steam and fog and through the prison. It's just Sigma as fuck, man. Um, yeah, it's like, you know, but- yeah, you know, uh, line means a lot more than just what he says, you know. That's it, exactly. So I think it goes, uh, yeah, it goes somewhere in that area. I mean, fifth is Red Grant, number six is Blowfield Extortion, number seven is Doctor No. So I mean, let's. What, what do we think? Tom says below Doctor No. I reckon one above... million dollars, Mister Bond. Yeah, that is, that is pretty simple, to be fair. Which and and the glass you are. I would I would actually agree with Tom in this case to put it below Dot Snow because like Dot okay. Snow literally is like archetypal Sigma in terms of like doesn't even has he has no women in like a one hundred mile radius of his place. I agree. True. This is no place. Okay, for the and I'm just gonna put the thumbs up emoji as the representation <laughs> for that. So, okay, uh, John Mason's going in at number eight. And the film itself, um, number one, Honor Majesty Secret Service, number two, Goldfinger, number three, Octopussy, number four, License to Kill, number five, Moonraker, number six, The Living Daylights, number seven, The Spy Love Me, number eight, You Only Live Twice, number nine, Goldeneye, number ten, A View to a Kill, number eleven, The Man with the Golden Gun. Henry, you've definitely fucked with this list, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> Living Let Die, eleventh. 12th, Doctor No, 13th, From Rush With Love, 14th, Thunderball, 15th, Never Say Never Again, 16th, For Your Eyes Only, 17th, Diamonds Are Forever, 18th, Casino Royale. Where are we going to put... Fuck with that list, I'd have put From Rush With Love up. Um, I just don't know why Goldeneye's so low, but never mind. Um, Yeah, where are we putting The Rock then? I reckon this goes probably above Thunderball. I think so as well. By the way, I've just got to go... Okay, so right. above Thunderbolt, well, we're wrapping up anyway, so just going yeah. above Thunderbolt, below from Russia with Love, and there's a big dotted line there, we can, just yeah. for Henry's sake, yeah? Yeah. Okay, let's do that then. So that means, uh, I think, 15th, I need to neaten this list up, but The Rock is going above Thunderbolt and below from Russia with Love. And that's it, that's our episode for today. So obviously a shorter one, mm. but, you know, short and sweet. So, yeah, uh, any parting thoughts from you chaps? Well, I mean, what, what do you think? I mean, just your summarize The Rock for me, you know. I mean, it was your first time watching it, so. I think it was I don't good. Know, man. This, this film was on, was on, like, life support with Sean Connery, like, you know, donating blood to it. Necessary life support. It's not like, this is Diamonds Are Forever, which is only, like, held up by his. I Diamonds think Are Forever had... wasn't saved, saved by Sean, man. They had, exactly. well, he had good dialogue and stuff. I think, like, this had good action, in my opinion. There are some, like, moments, hmm. but, like, I think yeah. it was all Ooh. right. This is the, I just realized, this is the first Sean Connery film review where he doesn't slap a woman. <laughs> yeah, might as well be. And uh, I, just lo- I just love his, like, th- th- his use of swearing is so good. It's something I've just never really, obviously, because we know Sean Connery from, you know, obviously Bond and Indiana Jones and, uh, 
He's also he won an Oscar for his role in The Untouchables. So he's been about. He's a very seasoned actor, but I've just never seen him kind of really just get to have a bit of fun on the set. You know, he, he's, yeah, he's really. You can tell he's really enjoying this man. Like he, he was really. I think I bet everyone on the set was like in awe of him, like respecting him and stuff. You know, like this really was like every, you know his sort of homecoming in a weird way. I don't know. Um, but yeah, um, well, I'm, I'm, I mean, I, uh, Henry, I just want I just want to make peace with with your views on this film. Where would you put it? Do you remember roughly our Batman ranking? Where would you? What sort of film would you compare it to? In that, you know, I would compare this to the Suicide Squad. Actually, it's like yeah, okay, it's oh, like I could it's, live with that. It's, it's like a couple of good things surrounded by like a sea of like you know tripe. All right, I can live with that. Uh, I mean, that's so actually quite that literally note, what, what Alcatraz is. <laughs> surrounded so. by a sieve tripe. I think that's a good note to uh, end the episode on. So thanks for joining us. We'll be back. There's no more sort of jokey spin-off um, Bond films. This is oh, like the last of our, them. yeah, this is the last of our three-part series on them. So it's a home stretch now for the Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig era. So join us next week for Tomorrow Never Dies. Same bat time, same bat channel. Sneezing's great, man. I mean, obviously, it's kind of common knowledge, but, you know, you get uh, an eighth of an orgasm when you sneeze. No, I right? didn't know that. You didn't know that? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that either, actually. <laughs>